Can you score the golf ball? That's the question of the day. And scoring the golf ball can be different than hitting the golf ball well. And I just kind of want to talk through some of the ins and outs of what it means to be a great scorer. Now, Tiger Woods in his heyday, regardless of how you feel about Tiger Woods, he's been an incredibly special golfer. In his heyday, on some of his worst rounds, it wouldn't be uncommon to see him hit six, seven, or eight greens. And on those rounds, he would still shoot even par, one under par, two under par. That, my friends, is the art of scoring the golf ball. It's being able to get the ball in the hole. And that sounds so simple and so simple. And golf really could be simple on paper, but as you know and we know, it's not simple. So let's talk about what it means to score the golf ball. My name is Tim Connor. I am your host of this podcast. I teach golf all day long, and this is my outlet to rant. No, not really rant, but talk through the stuff I get to see, learn, be a part of, and hopefully help you with your golf journey so your golf journey can be less bumpy and lumpy and stuff like that. So scoring the golf ball 101, to me that means a few things. I think the old saying, drive for show, putt for dough, is um, a really poor saying actually. And that's not to devalue putting, but it's more to talk about how important driving of the ball really is. Now, you don't have to be the world's best driver of the golf ball to score the golf ball, but you have to keep it in play. And that's the trick here, folks, is like you have to be able to drive the golf ball out in front of you. If you miss the fairway, that's fine, but you need to be able to have a controlled miss. Maybe a miss that's 15 yards into the rough, not 30 Maybe not a top, maybe not a heel, whatever it is, the, the miss that's painstaking, that penalty strokes, those things add up in a hurry. And if we're trying to learn the art of scoring here, we're not going to be able to accrue penalty strokes. Here and there, right? Here and there, everyone's going to accrue some penalty strokes. But what I'm talking about is pumping multiple balls out of bounds, hitting the ball into the tree line so you don't have a shot at the hole. All of that stuff adds up in a hurry to make golf a lot harder and make scores a lot bigger. So what I need from you is I need you to be able to hit a drive that you can trust. There's a lot that goes into that to unpack. Ultimately, let me boil it down to kind of the nuts and bolts of what that means. One, it means that when you hit a drive, you are going to swing on a slightly upward stroke. You are going to hit the ball near the middle of the club face. You're going to have a swing path that is functional. So your swing path isn't going to be too far outside in or too far inside out. And you're going to hit it near the middle of the club face with a club face that's relatively square. That's a functional drive. Now, I say that because many people's driver swings are not functioning. You swing outside in. You swing down on the golf ball. You slice the golf ball a lot. You have so much side spin that it just deteriorates your distance. All of these things are commonplace problems that a lot of people have. So first and foremost, we got to have a driver swing that's functional because this will help you hit the driver well, but also reach your capacity for distance. Many of you, whether you know it or not, are oper operating at like 70 or 80% of your capacity for distance. This is a very important concept because hit it far, hit it further, the better, but know where it's going. And those things have to be partners. You can't have one without the other. We have to have them operating together. So building a driver swing that you can trust. If you don't know if your driver swing is functional or not, I would ask, do you break wooden tees? Do you ever break wooden tees with your driver? If you do, 
your driver swing is non-functional. If you have been on a launch monitor and you see what your swing path is, is it more than two degrees outside in? Likely, if it is, it's non-functional. Now, you can be a little more inside out than you can be outside in with a driver and be functional. I would prefer your driver's swing path was anywhere from square to maybe as much as eight degrees inside out. It's hard to swing that far inside out with a driver, but if you went past that, it would start to have some non-functioning tendencies. All of this to boil down is to say, deliver the club on the back of the ball well, relatively square face, and um, be able to hit a shot that you can trust and have a miss that you can trust, all right? Now, I see so many people get upset when they miss, but they shouldn't be upset that they miss. They should be upset that they didn't know what their miss was going to be. You should know that your miss maybe goes 20 or 25 yards right or 20 or 25 yards left. And we don't want to play a two-way miss because if we play a two-way miss, our spray pattern could look like this. And if we have a one-way miss, we've shrunk that pattern in half. So very, very important to have a one-way miss with the big dog. I think the path of least resistance for most of you to shoot better scores today, like today, like leave here today and shoot better scores is to become a better wedge player. Many players, I mean, let me ask some questions. Do you ever double chip? Do you, that means chipping more than once inside of 50 yards. Maybe you blade it, maybe you fat it, maybe you just didn't estimate the distance correctly. All of these things matter because double chipping is unacceptable when it comes to scoring. We want to get the ball on the green within one shot of when you hit inside of 50 yards, right? That's not unreasonable. That's a reasonable ask. And our basic chipping motion that produces good content, good contact should not be unattainable for all of you. The basic chipping motion is weight slightly on the front foot, arm straight. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm gonna lay over some examples here, but arm straight, and then you're just gonna rotate your chest back and forth and keep your weight slightly on your front foot. So there's not a weight shift. You're just swinging back and forth, very pendulum-esque. And with that pendulum-esque shot, it should be very easy for you to return the club to the back of the ball. I don't want you to have to worry about contact. That's, that's a very reasonable step to take if you haven't gotten over that edge yet. Now, once you can create reasonable contact, you have to dial in your distance, your feel. You can add shots to your selection. Maybe you hit a more lofted shot, maybe you hit a less lofted shot. But the first thing is to have a shot that you can trust where you can create good, clean contact, and that's straight arms, weight forward, turn your chest back and through, and create a very pendulum-esque style swing where it's very simple for you to get back to the spot that you started the club. And also your stance should be pretty narrow. Like your heels should be three to six inches apart when you're in that chipping and pitching motion that's inside of 50 yards. What I just talked about was chipping, pitching, that stuff matters. But what really matters as well is 75 to 125 yards, being a great wedge player, being able to capitalize on those nice drives that you hit, hit it close enough to the hole or hit it on the green often enough that you can toop up for par and scare the hole for some birdie opportunities. There's a lot to be said about being a great wedge player. It, it is definitely a skill that is to be developed over time. You want to hit the green. We want to know confidently we can create good contact. These are things that you can get to. You can be there. It's just basic swing motion that you can trust. And then you have to be good at aligning yourself, be good at picking out targets. And I would say as, a, as someone who is newer to the game, we want to hit the green. So what that means is aiming for pins that are tucked away on one side or the other, 
typically isn't the best route for you scoring the golf ball. We want to get the ball on the green, two putt, walk away with a par, or get some close enough to the hole that we're going to chase it and scare it with some birdie putts. So aiming away from the pin can be a smart play if you're if you're newish to the game. I would say maybe you're above a 15 handicap. When you start getting below a 15 handicap, you can be a little more precise with those wedge shots for sure and your aim points. And you have to pick and choose your battles depending on how you're playing that day. So if you're playing well, take some aggressive lines. If you're not playing well, play more to the middle of the green. At the end of the day, greens and regulation are deadly. Greens and regulation are your path to shooting the lowest golf scores. And uh, more greens equal lower golf scores. So don't forget that. Invest the time to practice with your wedges and hit different finesse wedges. Don't just hit your stock wedge. Hit 90, 95%, 85%. Understand what those things look and feel like and then be able to go out and execute, aim, and get those shots on the green. And um, being a great wedge player, long-term skill, but I see a lot of players who don't even allocate time to that part of their game. And I also think if there's an 80-20 rule in golf where you can get 80%, is 80% of the turn return 20% of your effort? Like the secret sauce to practice is practicing with your wedges because your wedges are the thing that like you can feel when you're swinging. You're not swinging your hardest. You can swing controlled. You can create balance. You can create good muscle memory that you can then scale up to your longer swings. Practice with your wedges. And finally, if you can see my tiny little notepad here, I like this little notepad. Look how small it is, is your putting. All right. Now, your first step to being a good putter is to know what kind of putter you are. Almost everyone that's a beginner thinks they're a good putter because they're most confident with their putter because they're not going to swing at it and miss or whiff or duff it or whatever. But being a good putter, depending on where you're at, means a lot of different things. The first benchmark we would like to be under is under 36 putts per round. If you're under 36 putts per round, you're definitely putting better than your average bear. And why this is an important metric for you to track is because when you're missing greens or you're not hitting every green in regulation, you're going to give yourself opportunities to get the ball up and down. That means missing the green, chipping, and then getting it in a one putt. And if you chip from green's edge, you want to be competently chipping close enough that we're three to six feet and giving ourselves an opportunity to make that putt. So the reason 36 or less should be very attainable is because you're not going to hit every green. And you want to be one putting some of those greens that you're not hitting. And you obviously want to be one putting some of the greens you are hitting. So 36 or less is kind of that first hoop to jump through. Our best players on tour are going to have 27 to or 26 to 30 putts per round. Um, could be plus or minus a little bit depending on the day or the conditions or what's happening. Once we pass by 36, I mean, lower is better, but if you're starting to see less than 32 putts per round, you're putting really, really well. And uh, there's also some really good apps for this kind of stuff that have like strokes gained putting, strokes gained from the fairway. I would definitely recommend to use an app to track your game so you can see where you're losing opportunities. Uh, 18 birdies is one that I've had a few students use with good success. There's also a couple out there. I'm not definitely not uh, recommending one or the other, but what I would recommend is that you find an app that has the strokes gain statistic. So you can see relative to your handicap level, are you better or worse off the tee? Are you better or worse from the fairway? Are you better or worse from the green? Super fun podcast. I love talking about scoring the golf ball, scoring, playing golf and playing golf swing can be two different things. And there's definitely overlap in the middle, but playing golf is fun. Scoring the golf ball is an art. And um, man, we could talk about this all day long. Anyway, leave this thing a review, subscribe to it, subscribe to it on YouTube. I would love that. I would love to have more of you here. And uh, we'll catch you back here same time, same place next week. He's crazy. Man.